0: This is your EE Times weekly briefing. Today is Monday, February 18th, and these are the top stories this week. EE Times, in collaboration with AspenCore Media's websites EDN, EEWeb, and EBN, has launched a new special project on Risk V. Project Leader Rich Quinnell calls Risk V on the verge of broad adoption. He also explores technical issues of creating a custom processor with RISC-V in an article he published on EDN. In a separate article of the same special project, Rick Merritt asks, can this open source instruction set architecture make the next big leap into being an alternative to ARM and the x86 as a host processor? He says the short answer is yes, but it could take several years and there are plenty of pitfalls along the way. Junko Yoshida catches up with MIPS and checks on the status of its open source plan originally announced last December. The company says the plan is on track for Q1 release. Compared to those members of RISC-V Foundation, MIPS acknowledges that the hardware developers they're likely to pick up are bigger and more mature companies, including current ARM licensees. The RISC-V special project also includes Nitin DeHod's perspective on RISC-V's impact on ARM. His opinion piece has stirred the pot a bit, so we've asked Nitin to explain some of his thoughts. Nitin, welcome to the program. Uh, Why do you think there are current ARM licensees looking for alternatives to this architecture?
1: Well, that's a good question. From what the EE Times editors have been hearing, several sources, mostly ARM's past and current rivals, have been saying there are several factors making them look around. First, Say ARM's contracts are becoming more complex. Second, they suggest ARM hiked its license fees and royalties since being acquired by Japan's SoftBank. Ultimately, these sources are telling us this results in them paying more. One more factor seems to be emerging that's the awareness of the potential for alternatives which reduce the barrier to entry for SOC, that's system on chip design
0: such as open-source instruction set
1: architectures or ISAs.
0: As we see more enthusiasm throughout the industry for open-source hardware, how serious of a threat will ARM continue to be? Well, I think there's a serious challenge. Just think about
1: the business model. Most of the IP licensing industry charges you an upfront one-off fee for the right to use the IP. Uh, That's called the license fee. And then they charge royalties, which could be a few cents, based on the number of chips the chip developer expects to ship using that ip in the case of arm while never really confirmed by the company and many companies are opaque about their fees anyway in public at least the license fee ranges from 1 million to 10 million dollars so you can see where this can potentially be a huge barrier to entry for smaller companies looking to innovate and rapidly develop systems to address the huge demand for more intelligence, connectivity, and computing. We've all heard uh, about the need for uh, all the AI, the IoT, the 5G, etc. In addition to barrier to entry, the other promise of open source hardware architectures is the ability to play on top of the ISA to create your own application specific system on chip. Uh, this means users can customize their design without having to pay an upfront fee. So you can see why this might sound attractive to many product developers who don't necessarily have deep pockets or the resources to go through complex contract negotiations for complex licenses. Potentially, this is what could hurt ARM in the long term.
0: So the story you know, doesn't exactly sound positive uh, for ARM. Did ARM come back to you after the story was published? You're right.
1: ARM wasn't over-pleased with the article. After seeing our story, ARM invited me to go meet with them. So I sat down with the company's senior corporate spokesperson in Cambridge in the UK yesterday. He emphasized a couple of important points. One is that the rumors about price hikes are absolutely not true. And secondly, our narrative doesn't take into account the importance of wider ecosystem support and total cost of ownership. On the first point, there is is still a long way to go for partner ecosystems in the open source microprocessor world to evolve to the same level of maturity that ARM has. Ecosystems are important in supporting the designer through his or her journey. Secondly, license fees are not the only benchmark we should be looking at. Uh, He highlighted the value of the ecosystem and suggested total costs over the whole design cycle can be 50% lower with ARM's ecosystem, and that's compared to not having the ecosystem, based on developing a 28 nanometer SoC. Taking this on board, it's still difficult to get away from the fact that open source architectures are going to increasingly challenge ARM. But what can ARM do? How about taking open architectures head-on? and eliminating license fees altogether. Wave Computing is looking at alternative revenue models on top of the open source MIPS. Maybe that's a possibility. I think ARM needs to radically rethink how it might compete with the democratization of IP that open architectures are moving us towards. Otherwise, based on what we've been hearing, the status quo doesn't seem to be an option.
0: Nitin Dahad, thanks for joining me. Thank you. This has been your weekly briefing from EE Times and the AspenCore Global Service. Thanks for listening.